Congratulations! You're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. Just last week, tech billionaire Elon Musk completed his long-touted purchase of social networking site Twitter, pledging to create a site that supports free speech. Since acquiring the company for around $44 billion US dollars, Musk has fired many senior members of staff, including the CEO, CFO, and head of legal policy and trust. Questions have been raised about what this promotion of free speech means for the platform, which has previously taken strides to prevent the spread of hate speech and misinformation. Anecdotal reports from Twitter users already suggest that content they've reported that would have previously been removed now remains on the platform. I'm joined in the studio now by Dr. Olivier Dutel to talk about Musk's purchase of the platform. Kia ora, Olivier, it's great to have you in. Marina, thanks for having me, Quentin. Oh, Any time. So what is your reaction to this purchase? I mean, he's an objectionable tech oligarch. Um, most of them are. Um, and he, I mean, I suppose his particular brand of, of performative tech oligarch um, is sometimes to really lean into, you know, I'm all powerful. I can, you know, with the flick of whatever. We can reshape. show anyone we want. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. The um, the coup in Bolivia. My God. So many objectionable, horrible things about Elon Musk. And that's part of, I suppose, catering to, um, yeah, his stands, a particular brand of, of Redditor or, I, you know, these terms are, are very nebulous. But on the sort of political right or the intellectual dark web or any of these sorts of um, alt sort of right-wing critics of contemporary liberalism and wokeness and whatever, he has a, he has cachet. Mm-hmm. And he is basically winking to them that, look, you know, come back. Um, this is going to be a place for you. And that will have a sort of a, a blip or a bump, and we might see the platforms uh, flooded again and people really pushing the issue. And, you know, maybe maybe it'll lead to, you know, in 2016, it was the reign of Pepe's. Maybe there will be some sort of Kanye type, you know, uh, memifying event that that really flouts um, this shift. But um, I suspect that's a sort of a, a kind of blip effect. And I'm not saying it's going to make Twitter more pleasant or, or a better platform. It won't. I mean, I don't think, uh, yeah, things things will go down. Um, pe- some people will go to Mastodon, perhaps. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to be so substantially different. I think he, he's going to, you know, uh, there are still sort of, obligations here to run something that has utility for tech oligarchs. And I just want to, you know, clarify this. I mean, I I think of this as analogous to Jeff Bezos buying Washington Post, right? You have one of the most, again, tech oligarch um, with delusions of space grandeur and conquest. And also, both Bezos and Musk are military contractors, right? So tied to, um, sorry, I'm going to use the word the deep state, but like, you know, <laughs> like the national security state and uh, being uh, or having these important media entities are, are so is so central to the other components of what their sort of political ambitions and political empire are. Um, I think it was Noah Colin who um, said, you know, Noah Colin is a great uh, tech writer and uh, one of the co-hosts of Blowback Podcast, um, who said, you know, it's pretty wild that they let this legendary stock and securities manipulator buy the stock manipulator machine, right? <laughs> you know, like this is when he tweets, it'll send Tesla stock or Doge or whatever, any which way he likes at his whims. And that's 
an insane amount of power. It's a new level of not just media concentration, but sort of like oligarchic and economic um, flouting of, of securities law. And it sort of and it, it bears uh, sort of noticing here that Tesla is kind of a meme stock. Like the fundamentals of that company are absolute trash. Um, and but you know we can go into that. But yeah, so this is part of how he and and in fact so much of the the purchase of Twitter was really just about liquidating Tesla stock so you can actually get some money out of the company without crashing the share price, which is again totally totally overvalued. So. There's a lot there, and yes, it may make your sort of daily life on Twitter, and I hope you don't live a daily life on Twitter, but it might make the platform um, less pleasant in the near future. I'm not so sure it'll be big change in you know, 12, 18 term. months' time. But it's... yeah, that's my overview of this scenario there. And so content on the platform then, like, what do you think will happen? You know, long run, do you think this could push people away? Do you think that it could become a bit like what will their content moderation policies look like? Well, so this is really interesting. You know, uh, platforms are all about the vibe, right? Mm. You know, like and uh, if you want to catch catch up with your distant relatives, sort of, you know, boomers and up, then you want to get on. You're on Facebook, right? If you want to be sort of media, academic, sort of in the know, you're on Twitter. And I mean, I, IG, TikTok, they've got their other sort of vibes. And I, I'd, I'd say that right now for, again, yes, academic media people, that's me, that's us. Um, the vibes are going to be shitty because we he's an objectionable um, tech oligarch with repugnant views and, and all the rest of it. Um, but will that lead to genuine content moderation changes? Again, I'm not so sure. He has indicated uh, – well, first of all, you know, he came out with um, a really sort of funny statement about, you know, the town hall, democracy, free exchange of ideas, all this bullshit that no one no one believes. It, it, is, it is incredible, though, if you go back to like – Early Web 2.0, 2008 to 2010, all that stuff, um, you know, uh, you, when Hillary Clinton was at the U.S. State Department, she'd say shit like this about Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. Facebook was like literally the personification of America's redemptive, exceptionalist, whatever. Uh, and now now we know it's all a sort of bad time and a bad vibe. But what what, what Musk has, has talked about is um, having a moderation council which is pretty similar to what um, Zuck did post 2016 was to sort of bring together a bunch of of different sort of fact checkers from you know uh, different media organizations including things uh, like the Daily Wire and the Weekly Standard so like really gutter conservative you know uh, I mean Daily Wire you're talking about yeah, as, as sort of far right fascistic sort of media content is so it's sort of like this impossible thing of we would like this neutral board from across the political spectrum, um, but then of course you know it's just as politicized as then just really having politicized moderation guidelines, um, and then I think you know the Twitter already does work pretty closely with sort of, uh, I guess I'm going to say, spooky national security contractors like uh, the Australian Strategic Policy Institute, uh, Stanford Internet Observatory to sort of like do the kind of cyber war stuff and say, oh, here are the Chinese bad guys and the Russian bad guys. I don't think that will change. So again, I um, they may want to make a splash with Trump and Trump is 
like pushing, you know, hey, Elon, this is great. You know, we salute you. You're a patriot. So, you know, maybe he does the Trump thing or a few high profile maneuvers that that bring some of those people onto the platform. And and maybe that is enough to create because uh, because this is the other thing about when we're talking about harm and hate, like like the QAnon people or whoever it is. They, you know, meme culture is is such that it's full of little Easter eggs and insider stuff, so they can just make innocuous stuff like, you know, anti-Semitic. You know what I mean? Mm. So, uh, and how you actually meaningfully moderate that? I mean, content moderation um, is a disaster. Like, it doesn't do, uh, it doesn't excise neatly the bad content from the sort of, you know, political uh, bloodstream. To use uh, um, a pretty bad metaphor. So. Uh, Definitely yes to a vibe shift. I'm skeptical again on this actually being like a hard material governance shift. If that's, I hope that's not too fine a distinction. No, no, I think that works. And so I want to come back to this part where you're talking about, you know, how you were surprised he was allowed when he can manipulate stocks with it, basically. Do you think if that kind of continued, he might lose you know, control over Twitter? Or do you think right. you know, that's kind of... It's going to be, you know, Washington Post where they write, oh, billionaires are your friends. Well, you know, this is – yeah, yeah, yeah. We live in a pretty degraded times. Um, sorry to be, again, on with bad vibes here because, again, if we, if we look at what crypto and uh, – and, and, again, take Tesla as an example. I mean Tesla is a remarkable example of sort of like seeding – the influencer space and the sort of clout economy um, with the perks and if you are like a sort of you know gold gold star high tier influencer like you need to be doing sort of like Tesla autopilot videos or so he's sort of um, really understood where the sort of the clout engine of social media is, is so key to yeah, like, you know, the sort of meme stock logic, which frankly is Tesla is a bit of a meme stock. Like there's some serious problems in, with the fundamentals of that company. And he's he said that, like, if we don't do self-driving, then we shouldn't exist as a company. And they won't do self-driving because they're doing it by cameras and not the actual like the way that might actually get to self-driving. And then you're going to get real um, auto manufacturers in that space. And Tesla is just a little boutique um, sort of fake uh, auto manufacturer, they're just going to get blown out of the water. So again, um, you know, this 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 line of where sort of media manipulation of the securities market and and crypto again, that's a very nebulous space. But no one's proactively regulating that. So uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission in the U.S. Uh, have chosen to hopefully, you know, maybe crypto implodes under its own weight or something. Um, but, but, and in fact, there are, oh God, sorry to get really tedious here, but there is a Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruling, which has really hamstrung the SEC's ability to like do proper regulation. So, you know, we're coming at a time where the American state's ability to protect sort of like public interest stuff is, is, pretty limited and the will for that has never been lower meanwhile we here and the rest of the world are governed by like american internet and policy settings which fucking sucks so you know all jacinda can do is like you know ask facebook to please do better after march 15th like we we have very little sort of control or recourse over that so 
I don't see that really. I, I just see this horrible sort of like uh, engine of discourse and capital and speculation just sort of like driving into the sun and, and we'll see what happens out the other side of a kind of crash. But this is, I suppose, an interesting time in that we've seen meta stocks are are through the floor. Like 30% over the last couple of days. Right? That's right. And so this takeover, so part of the, I suppose, an optimistic view of the negative vibes of the Musk takeover is that um, we see how rickety this whole economy is. Um, there is talk in sort of DC policy circles of banning TikTok, and I don't, and, and this would be like on crazy Cold War anti-China grounds. So shit is changing really dramatically and quickly. So I, I don't know what takes shape after that, but but we're certainly out of the honeymoon period that was the sort of early 2010s, where we thought these sort of tech oligarchs and these platforms could do no wrong and would be sort of the dynamic force of the new economy. Like, no one's in the metaverse. It looks like shit. Why would you be there? It's horrible. So um, I suppose that's that's positive, but it's not as if we have control over what happens next, unfortunately. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. Find more at r1.co.nz.